The show starts in three, two, one. There goes that man's jockstrap. <laughs> oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. The In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you by Golf Kicks. Screw your shoes. Buy Canadips. Rep Sports. Buy Smooth My Balls. And buy Streamer Loot. Check out the In the League of Their Own merch line today. Welcome to the show. Let's see what Austin and Colin are diving into today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 94 of In the League of Their Own podcast. Today's interesting sports fact takes us back to the year 1994 and 1995, where the Major League Baseball has hit a strike. Um, This was the fourth strike in MLB history. The strike lasted 232 days after it was finally suspended. Um, The causes for this um, strike were people wanted (laughs) MLB owners wanted to present a salary cap to all teams. And they wanted to work out a deal with all the um, television and radio companies to share, to like even out um, profits to like every single team. So every team has the same amount of TV, same amount of radio, same amount of everything. And with a salary cap. And it turns out there were over 13 teams that decided owners, people, players decided this was bullshit. And they ended up striking because they, Obviously, their pay would have went way down. Um, it got to the point where they were starting to recall replacement players, offering $5,000 to people to show up to spring training and another 5000 to people if they'd make the opening day roster. Um, ended up going on for a, a, quite a while. Um, and then the strike ended up ending on March 28th, 1995, as the players voted to return to work. Um, after the National Labor Relation, Relations Board said that what the owners are doing was all, like illegal. And a vote of 27 to 3, owners supported the use of replacement players. Um, the strike ended up ending. The season came back. And during the first days of the 1999, 1995 season, um, attendance, television ratings, everything was all time the lowest that it's ever been in the history of the MLB because people were super upset that they kind of wanted to rip the players off. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, the MLB is the only league that doesn't have a cap. So it's interesting that this hasn't like been an issue. Well, for, I guess they said four strikes, I guess, Depends what the other strikes were about, but I don't know. It's interesting how much structure salary cap gives and MLB the, being the only or that doesn't, that this issue doesn't happen more. Yeah, it was actually the eighth work stoppage in baseball history. It was the fourth midseason stoppage. Shit. Yeah, and it's the second longest um, work stoppage streak in all professional sports. 
only one that's went longer was the 0405 NHL lockout, which literally a whole season wasn't played. Hmm. But yeah, it became the first ever major American professional sports league to lose an entire postseason due to labor struggles. <laughs> Each team played between 111 and 115 games that season. The season was called. Done. That's crazy that well you said eight or no ten times total stoppage or no eight eighth eight. time and then it was the fourth mid like during the season stoppage in the last twenty two years. That's eighth crazy. stoppage in baseball history. Yeah. Baseball always seems like one of those sports where it's yeah doesn't seem like, right with how much money some yeah. Well, I feel like it's because as I was saying, without the salary cap, that just leads to so many issues. Yes, it's bringing that much more money into the sport, but you have the lopsided franchises like the Yankees and the Dodgers, and you have upset players. I mean, they're all figuring out a way to get their money now to where, I mean, being a smaller franchise sucks to be you because you have somebody good. You bring somebody up through the ranks for years and years through – Single A, double A, triple A, they get to your team. Oh, shit, this guy's good. And other teams, like, we'll give you more money, and they leave. So it's just, like, I don't know how they find a way to prevent that, but that's – I mean, that's been the bread and butter of the fucking Brewers for year, for decades. Somebody good comes through. Oh, we'll give you more money. Okay, see ya. They leave. Yelich is the first guy I've seen in a long time that's actually stayed. Well, Braun stayed too. I'm sure he he got offered big. Bucks yeah. To play somewhere else. CC Sabathia we had. Like there were a handful of guys that we had, but yeah, not a full roster stack full of guys like all these other teams have. Yeah. And then just doing a little bit digging into the biggest impact of from this whole strike. Arguably, it was to the Montreal Expos at the time. It was considered the start of the franchise downfall in Montreal, eventually leading to their movement and becoming the Washington Nationals. So the strike basically caused Montreal Expos to move to the States. Hmm. <laughs> I forgot that Montreal had a, a baseball team at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, where were they? I just saw there was like another franchise that it's like they had a sick this... logo too. Yeah, I can't remember who I just saw us the other day that it was like a team that's struggling right now. I don't think it was the Orioles, I think it was a different team that it's like bring baseball back to Montreal that'd be more successful there. I have to look at where it was, but when I saw that, I was like. I look, I clicked on it and I was reading and I completely forgot that Montreal had a baseball team. Yeah. They they're pretty good, I mm-hmm. want to believe. Yeah, cuz I mean Toronto kind of stands on its own right now to where I feel like it'd be I mean I'll it'd be more of doing an expansion versus relocating teams, but just because Baltimore is a good city to have a team in, even as bad as the Orioles are, to where if you add kind of like like hockey did last year, I know they're back to their normal schedule, but the Scotia North where it was Canadian hockey against each other all year was like really fun to see to where I'm sure Toronto 
probably travels the most out of any sports team because they're literally in a different country to where if you add a couple more Canadian teams, it brings baseball to Canada and it helps out Toronto in that case too. Yeah. Um, I'm reading an article and it says that there's no like plans as of immediate, but the city of Montreal and whatever wouldn't be surprised if they have the opportunity before 2030 to add like a France, like a, to add an expansion team to the MLB basically. So they're hoping that they get a chance by 2030 to bring them back, which that'd be cool. Yeah. You'd I have mean, to start adding a couple more teams through other divisions then to make it even. Yeah. Well, you always have to add like kind of how, I mean, in the NHL, how, it was lopsided with an odd number for only two years. And then they bring the Kraken in to where um, you almost have to plan ahead to where, okay, we're bringing the team back to Montreal within a year or two, we got to bring the team somewhere else. So even it out, keeping an even number. Cause um, and that's the thing in baseball too. There's only three divisions um, versus four or more more in other sports so if you're going to bring an extra team you only got to bring two extra teams to even it out on one side but then at the same time if you have more nl teams versus al teams the al is going to be down three teams so i don't know i'm sure it's a process that takes (laughs) a lot of years to figure out how they're gonna add a team before they just go and say oh we want this team because how long was the kraken talked about before they came i don't even know well when vegas was proposed there were like i think they wanted to add four teams at that point before they did vegas oh i think they had to plan that i think that they were going to go four more to make it 34 and i think it was going to be their final number of how many teams because eight but i don't know they have it they have it set up perfectly right now to where 16 teams in each conference eight make the playoffs in each so it's the top top half from each to where if you add in an extra team on each i mean it doesn't really matter cuz still only eight are making the playoffs it's just one more team not making the playoffs so i don't know um i forgot i think madison was one of the cities that was on the list before vegas there was like four Canada cities and four American cities. And now since America's gotten two teams, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Canada to at least get one team um, or it's going to be in the Eastern Conference that's going to get the other two teams if, like, if there is. Alberta doesn't have a, ho- a hockey team, so that could be a Canadian city. Alberta, Calgary Flames. Oh, shoot, yeah. Every province has a team. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought... Or, excuse me. I think there's, like, 13 Providences. The main ones do. Because Toronto, Ottawa, Vancouver, Calgary, um, Winnipeg. So, basically, all the Providences that border the U.S. Have have one. Yeah. I don't even, like, if you go north, you got, like, Nova Scotia. That's an island. I don't even know if you'd want to have a team way the fuck out there. Travel would be... Yeah. I guess I, I don't know. I mean, so, I don't. They'd have to pick. I think a state that would have that doesn't have a team, and try to hope that they can share an arena with an NBA team, maybe, and do something like that. But I don't know. I I think 
I think it's perfect where it is right now with the 32. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's every city that should have a sports franchise has one as far as hockey goes. I mean, you like, obviously it'd be cool to have one in Wisconsin, but Milwaukee is kind of a tough city to do it in since they just built Fiserv and Fiserv isn't big enough for a hockey arena. Um, so you'd have to build a second one <laughs> somewhere. But... All the Milwaukee Admirals play in Milwaukee, so you could sh- redo that arena and have both teams share it. Yeah, that's true. Or Madison, yeah. you fucking revamped the Cole Center. Yeah, I mean the Cole. Yeah, Cole Center by itself is bigger than some NHL arenas. So you don't. All you got to do is obviously redesign it to you keep it just how it is you just have to make it an nhl guidelines yeah so instead of having olympic sized ice like they have they just have to change it to an nhl sized rink where mm-hmm. you don't you don't because that entire the entire inside's like red red seats red like all that to where you'd almost have to have whatever so team you bring in of the team is going to have to be red yeah Otherwise, that's going to look weird, but... Yeah, they could be called the Badgers as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. um, Let's wrap that up. Let's kick it on over to the NFL. What's the latest news that you got coming out of the NFL? Yeah, so I guess we'll kind of get the news out of the way from last night. Uh, Before going live, we're kind of talking about how painful the game was to watch. Uh, 24-9 final, Panthers moved to 3-0. but some concerns within the Panthers organization. Christian McCaffrey went down early in the game with a hamstring strain. And then the Panthers' first-round pick this past year, J.C. Horn, left the game with what turned out to be a broken foot. So, um, yeah, it's going to be tough for them going forward if they can't get those two guys back early. Um, I know we were, kind of, we were talking about last night, too, with how McCaffrey is 42% of that Panthers offense and he's dealt with injuries the past couple of years because it's just putting that much strain on his body to where I don't know if after this, like he take takes it back a step or if, like you're saying how he's like, I want to be out there. Even in like garbage time, he wants to be out there on the field playing because of the time he missed. But I mean, you t- yeah, you could be the best running back, best person to touch the ball for a two to five year span if you keep playing like this, but at the same time, your career is going to be cut short if you do it as well. So, but I mean, it's ultimately up to him. If he wants to be on the field, the coaches can't really say no unless they want to want to piss the guy off and he wants to go elsewhere. Yeah, I respect it. He's one of the last people in the league that has that old school mentality of, I want to fucking play. Like, I don't care if I'm a little hurt, I'm going to play. Like, I don't know how long this whole thing's going to last where if I choose to sit out and somebody else takes my spot, mm-hmm. that that's be the worst way to lose, you know, to lose your career. And then as far as his hamstring injury, it was just a strain, wasn't a complete tear or any removement from the bone. Uh, so he should be just fine to re- physical therapy. He'll be right back to how he was. Um, give him a couple weeks and he'll be right back to there. 
Um, and then flipping over to another running back who had, was dealing with some injuries, Delvin Cook. Um, he was listed as questionable early in the week. Mike Zimmer has came out and said, we're going to do, I believe, we're going to do everything that we can to win, and he is going to play. So they're shooting him up. He's expected to get get the carries, the bulk of the load, um, and look for that Vikings team. I mean, after two heartbreaking losses that they've had this week, if they lose again, I feel like you can write their season off. Yeah, and Seattle comes to town this week for them too. So it's not going to be an easy game for them to bounce back on. Um, Seattle one and one could be two and zero as well uh, from their overtime loss last week against the Titans. They're going to be coming back with a vengeance, especially being that NFC West to where every loss almost counts as two losses compared to other divisions with how close it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, go starting a season 0-2 sucks. Starting a season 0-3, you're basically kind of looking forward to the next season. If, you're, if, your, division, if your division is struggling and you're kind of in the, in the thick of things, like fine, but – if you're 0 3 and the rest of your division's 3 0 or 2 1, like you're, you're already playing catch up through two weeks of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, as weird as it is to say, the Vikings look like one of the best 0 2 teams that could be 0 2. Again, they're two plays away from being 2 0. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook is very similar to kind of McCaffrey as the offense goes, he's, he goes. Um, Kirk Cousins kind of shows a glimmer of hope every now and then and has a really good game as well. And this year he's actually off to a decent start as far as yardages and not turning the ball over too. So, but again, Seattle coming to town, that's going to be a really tough game. Yeah. Those two always seem to have really good games. Every time that they play each other, it comes down to the end almost every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, if I were a Vikings fan, I'd almost say your nemesis is the Seahawks. Yeah. Almost in a sense to where uh, being a Packers fan, I don't even know who are in it. Probably the 49ers, I would have to say, is probably our nemesis yeah. as well. Because obviously your divisional matchups are rivalries, but that's not like your arch nemesis type deal because you're not playing them in the playoffs when it comes down. You know what I mean? So, yeah, both us against the – the West this weekend is going to be a, a, you know, a tall task for all of us NFC North teams, but we'll see what happens. That's why anything can happen on a Sunday. Yeah. And then uh, I guess sticking with the NFC North, uh, we briefly talked about it, but Justin Fields, again, getting the start this week against the Browns um, and with the Browns, um, uh, Jarvis Landry out with an injury. He's on IR. Looks like he'll be back in four to six weeks. Uh, head coach Kevin Stefanski announced OBJ will be on the field this Sunday um, as they take on the Bears. So uh, sucks that those two can't be on the field together, but at least you're replacing one with the other. So we'll kind of see how if OBJ is going to be 100%. Uh, looks like he's close to 100%. I mean, last year he was questionable. He was on the field doing pregame, all this and that. And pretty much last last minute they called him off um, just because he wasn't 100% there and they didn't need him. So, um, yeah, see how he does this week. Yeah, and um, a funny thing that I heard was 
uh, who's the Broncos coach? Is that Vic Fangio? Vic Fangio, yep. Uh, he was chirping Urban Meyer. Did you see what Urban Meyer like said uh, post game? Oh, it's like playing Alabama every week. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah, it's like playing a super Alabama every week. Like you're in the NFL, bud. It's not, yeah. <laughs> like, it's such, what do you expect? That's such a like you like you. you you became an NFL head coach too early moment. If you're saying shit like that, like that shows weakness. If it's like, Oh, it's like playing in Alabama every week. <laughs> well, this it's is like, the second time in the NFL. Yeah. Well, and it's like, it, that just goes to show that his mindset is still college football. If he's comparing the NFL to Alabama, like when literally every team in the NFL would kill Alabama, like jets, chiefs, like bucks, doesn't matter who you are. Everybody always makes the comparisons of like when the Browns are 0 16 or the Jets sucked. It's like, well, oh, but Alabama would beat them. It's like, no, they wouldn't. It wouldn't be close. So it's like to make that comparison, um, I don't know. It's just funny that Urban Meyer is just kind of, I don't know. It's been a laughing stock since he's come in with the Jags so far. Yeah. I've also heard an inch from an interesting point of view. I guess I never looked at it this way until I heard it. What if he's doing this? all this noise for like bringing Tim Tebow in causing that whole stir. And now him saying that thing and kind of like all the talk is around him. What if he's doing this to, I guess, protect Trevor Lawrence from the media being all over him as he's Owen two since he's entered the NFL and he's never lost a game in his career until he's gone to the NFL. So he's this guy that's put on a pedestal that nobody's talking about because urban Meyer has been able to seems like take all the distractions away from that and the team to put it all on himself. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's one way to kind of not kill the confidence of your, your young quarterback. Cause that is true. Everybody's talking about, Oh, how Mac Jones is looking decent. How oh Justin Fields is going to get his start this weekend. Nobody's really talking about Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, how it's like, Oh, is he going to turn around that? Freaking Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick, and he's the least talked about quarterback out of that draft class right now. So, yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up. And, yeah, I mean, between Urban Meyer's quotes, um, the whole thing with, oh, is he going to UF- USC? That was a thing for half a week to a week. Um, yeah, the Tim Tebow thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting that Trevor Lawrence is kind of flying under the radar right now. But, yeah, who knows if he's doing it on purpose or if he's just – still trying to find figure out his ways as an NFL coach to stop shooting himself in the foot by the thing he's, he's saying and doing. And um, yeah, just that Jake's organization is in disarray right now. Um, and they, I can't remember who they play this week, but I saw who they're playing and I'm like, Oh, starting the year one, three Cardinals, the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. But the Cardinals didn't look that great last week either. I mean, they're still two and all. Better than Owen too. But, but yeah, um, I think that's all I had for just kind of injury news and other headlines uh, before we get into our games and predictions for the week. I don't know if you had anything else to throw out there. Yeah, I just got two things. Um, JPP, Jadon Mickens, and AB um, are all – ruled out as of now against the Rams on Sunday. Um, AB will need to have two positive te- or two negative COVID tests. 
24 hours apart. So if he were to pass today and tomorrow, he would be eligible for the game on Sunday. But JPP and Jadon Mickens out, huge loss for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, I mean, the, the uh, Rams offenses look stellar this year so far. Matthew Stafford in his new home. So you're without JPP, who's one of the best pass rushers in the league still to this day. Um, yeah, they're going to be missing some key components on defense and offense if AB can't play. Yep. Carson Wentz, um, Colts quarterback, two sprains, is back at practice today. He was taking all team one reps. Um, ankles are taped. Looks seems to be moving around, operating as of normal. Like, no, I guess you can't really tell that he's got sprained ankles when they're all taped up. Um, they were low ankle sprains, not high ankle sprains. For those of you who have experienced a high ankle sprain, you really can't do anything, and it doesn't even like look that bad. Where a low ankle sprain, it looks like your looks like your foot is broken, but it really isn't even that bad. Um, so it's kind of funny how that works. How those things are two opposites. But he's back at practice today. And then my last thing um, here: New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick um, is taking heat from local media as people are saying that he never evolved and never aged as like Tom Brady grew up. Um, how they treated him as a 20 year old kid, even when he was 40 years old, Bill kind of treats everybody the same, no matter who you are. And, and that's just like the Patriot way, but also at the same time, like how many people understood like Tom's different, like he's different than, and like, you can let be a little different with this guy since he's fucking like the goat yeah. and he never did. And, yeah, he's taking a lot of heat for basically allowing that whole thing to turn into what it did where Tom ended up going, leaving the building. Turns out that he actually was kicked out of the New England Patriots building before he was ended up, like, signing with the Bucks. Yeah, I feel like a, a, from Bill, Belichick's perspective, it's one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't. You've coached a specific way your entire life. And if you change it for one guy, that kind of changes your identity and your attitude and your charisma. If you're like, if you go from hard ass bill to like, oh, you're going to change it a little bit for this one guy. But then at the same time, if he would have evolved with Tom over the 20 year career that he had at uh, New England, um, who knows if he would have been able to stay and if he would have been able to have his whole career there. So Again, it's one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't. B Bill Belichick's going to stick to his guns and not, like you said, he treats everybody the same. So I guess hats off to him to keep that mindset and not change. But again, if he would have changed, who knows what would have happened. Yeah, or if the Mannings weren't born, he would have had 10 Super Bowls. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. And who knows how many more because he was beat in AFC championship games as well. Like not, or uh, first round games not even Super Bowl games. So that's one thing that Eli always says. He's like, if it wasn't for mom, Tom would have 10 at least. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. And then last little thing here for the Patriots, uh, linebacker Jamie Collins on the Detroit Lions. They're looking to move him. Tamp or, uh, New England Patriots are the front runners. And this would be the third time in his NFL career that he would have been on the Patriots all picked up from other teams for cheap. 
That's awesome. Yep. That's all I got. All right. Um, yeah, I guess going into our three games for the week, our win lock underdog predictions. Um, let's start with your win on the week. Who do you have uh, just getting an outright win? I'm going to take the Broncos over the Jets. Teddy Two Gloves is going to take it to them. Sounds good. Uh, my win for the week, I am picking the Browns over the Bears. Uh, over to our lock. Um, yeah, who do you have for your lock this week? That's tough. These are all good games this weekend. Yeah, there are a lot of – there's not very many where it's going to be like, oh, that's going to be a lopsided game. I guess if I'm going to have to to pick a team that I think for sure is going to win, I'm going to go with the Vikings over the Seahawks. I think that they're going to pull it out of the dumpster and salvage their season. Sounds good. Uh, my lock for the week, I have the Raiders over the Dolphins. Uh, two was out. Miami coming to the black hole. Raiders are going to move to 3-0. And then underdog. Uh, so any team that's projected to lose, uh, who do you got getting the W this week? I got the Packers over the Niners on the road Sunday night. Sounds good. And then mine is kind of a, a large margin that they're supposed to overcome, but uh, the Bills are seven and a half point favorites, but I'm taking the Washington football team um, on the road in Buffalo. Washington defense is going to be too much for Josh Allen. I'm feeling two or three picks out of him. Uh, big W for Washington for my upset this week. And then into our game of the week um, that we're going to kind of, I guess, dissect more come Monday. Um, Bucks traveling to L.A. take on the Rams. And this is, um, yeah, it is. Uh, Tom's first game in his career in L.A. He's never played a game in L.A. in his career. Um, from the time that... Um, the Chargers have been there. The Rams have been there. And then even back before the Rams moved from L.A. to St. Louis back to L.A., he never played there either. So in Tom's 21st year, uh, he's getting his first game in L.A. The Super Bowl wasn't there? When? In L.A.? When? There's never been a Super Bowl in L.A.? I mean, there has, but he's never played in one there. That's interesting. Yeah, I think it was CBS Sports. I saw that reported on it. In 21 years and 300-something starts, this would be Tom Brady's first game ever played in L.A. But yeah, this should be a good one. I mean, <laughs> the Bucks are favored by one right now. It's a... 
basically call it a wash at that point. Um, Bucks on the road, going to the Rams. Rams were original favorites. Yeah. By three and a half. I'm surprised that. And then it it moved to 11 bucks, and now it's back down to one. I'm surprised that it didn't. It's not back to the Rams with AB supposedly going to be out again, pending his COVID tests the next couple of days, and then JPP out as well. Um, like that matters. I mean, it's a starter. Like realistically, though, for their roster that they have, that doesn't matter to them. I mean, it's two starters that you have out. That's not going to help you. That just means Vita Vea is going to have to play a little bit more. Gronk's going to get some more touches. Yeah. Oh, regardless, it's going to be a good game. Um, I got the Bucks. Ooh. Want to put a little friendly wager on this one? I, th- I got the Rams on this one. Um I mean, I could say, can I, ha- can I have the point? But <laughs> Well, if you think that they're supposed to be the dogs, then no. What do you mean? If you think the Rams should be the dogs and you're taking the Rams, I'm not going to give you the points. Well, that's what I'm saying. One it's point. one. If it's one point, it's not. Right. They're gonna, whether they win or they have to, if they win, they, they, then I don't need the point because it's a point. <laughs> but if it's 29-28. Yeah, I guess. That's what I'm saying. If I'm not going to give you any points, so they have to win by two. So it had the Rams have no. to win by two. Like take the points out of it, just a straight up win or loss. Oh, okay, like, there's no points. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll do Every it. Every time I bet against Tom, I've lost. So not doing it. Yeah, I mean. I feel like it's going to be a really high-scoring game. As good as the Rams and Bucks defenses are, I feel like the offenses are going to go to town. I mean, inside SoFi, elements are going to be an issue. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, yeah, that's all I had for the NFL this week before we move on here. Uh, going into the NBA then, uh, uh, one kind of thing that's been trending within the Warriors organization, uh, star Andrew Wiggins has yet to be vaccinated and risks availability for this season. Um, kind of rewinding, the NBA did announce that they will not be requiring players to be vaccinated, but the city of San Francisco is in a county that requires all participants or all spectators, players, no matter who you are, to be in a sporting arena, you have to be vaccinated. Um, so, which is going to be kind of, I guess all around, because in New York, they kind of have the same thing where they're requiring vaccinations. And there was, uh, I think you said on Mondays or on Wednesday's episode, four or five players in the Nets organization that have yet to be vaccinated. So yeah. Cause that, that was the state of New York that passed that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it turns out there's Nick Bosa is currently unvaccinated on the 49ers as, as well as seven other players. How do they how do they do that then if because I know the like city the city would have to pass a mandate for that for requiring vaccinations over this 
over everybody over the age of 12. Because as far as I know, New York City was the only city in the first city that has passed that mandate. Yeah. I know California with gov- with their governor just being reelected. I know that there's a lot of iffy things going on right now in California with how that whole thing's going to work. But yeah, I guess it's up to each individual county. And I mean, for California's conservative-ish as they are, I don't think that they'd ever require, make it a requirement that you need. They, they can encourage it, but they can't. Unless they pass a mandate for it, I don't think that they're going to. Well, it's already been passed. Like, let me pull it up here. As far as Wiggins, uh, do. Uh, this, as of August 20th, the city of San Francisco has required proof of vaccination for large indoor events. So that's just being a spectator. Well, it's for players too. Because that's why Wiggins is kind of, if he doesn't get vaccinated, he can't play in, in at home games in San Francisco. Well, then how's Nick Bose playing? I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm confused. Well, oh, proof of vaccination for large indoor events. San Francisco is an outdoor stadium. That's the loophole. <laughs> so there we go. I know. I, when, I, when I brought it up at first, I was like, I was like, well, if, if Bose, along, among other players, aren't vaccinated, how the fuck are they playing? But large indoor events, that's the loophole. So... Yeah, because that's what it is in New York, too. It's indoor. So Jets and Giants players wouldn't, ha- like, are okay to not be vaccinated then? If they- Islanders, yeah, because they play outdoor, yeah. Same thing with Buffalo. But I, they did put, yeah, they put indoor, so all, and that's all indoor, too. That's, like, libraries, that's gyms, that's everything that's mm-hmm. indoors. So if you're not vaccinated, you're basically not allowed inside. which is pretty fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're supposed to stand outside? Can't go inside any buildings. Um, yeah, that, uh, so that's kind of one thing that's been trending right now. Uh, I'm sure there's other, I mean, there's going to be other cities, other player. like it's not going to be the last time we hear about a player un- being unvaccinated in a city that's going to have a mandate like this out. But um. And then, yeah, kind of similar to uh, in the preseason, how NFL does the top 100 players as voted upon by the players. Uh, the NBA released their top 100 as well. Uh, obviously, not going to go through the whole 100. I just had the, the top 10 list here uh, to kind of throw out there. I guess going from uh, 10 to 1, uh, which kind of surprised me they snuck him in the top 10. Anthony Davis at the number 10 spot. Um Despite his injuries, yes, he's a great basketball player, but sneaking him in the top 10, I guess, was kind of iffy, in my opinion. We'll name nine players that are better than him. Stats, like, stats-wise and that-wise. Well, I mean, of, like, career-wise, yes, he's better than a lot of these other players, but these is just a list for, the the like, the previous year, just like the NFL Top 100 is going into this year. Yeah, it's all just projections. Yeah. 
But uh, number nine, Luka Doncic. Good to see him in the top 10. Um, Joel Embiid at number eight. The reigning MVP, uh, Nikola Jokic at number seven. Uh, Kawhi Leonard at six. James Harden at five. Curry at four. LeBron three. Giannis two. Durant one. So pretty solid list. I mean, I like I said, the, at the bottom, AD, I guess, was the only one that I was like, oh, he's been hurt, but, like, he's still a good player. Otherwise, the rest of this, um, yeah, the rest of the list is good. I guess Durant edged out Giannis by only a, a few votes, too. It was, it was pretty close, I guess, which is good. Giannis reigning uh, finals MVP, just got himself a chip, but Durant doing what Durant does. Yeah, nobody can argue that he ain't the greatest player. Yeah. Um, and then LeBron kind of getting salty, I guess. Some sources were saying he was salty about being at number three, but it's like you're not better than Giannis and Durant at the moment, so take your three spot. <laughs> um, even I put Curry. I put Curry ahead of LeBron just because LeBron on the Lakers, he has AD, he has these other weapons. Last year, Curry was with without um, Clay Thompson, very young squad. Basically, Curry would have to put up 30, 40, 50 points for them to win games. So, yeah, I've always, had to do the same. Yeah. Until the end when Holiday Trey and had to do the same. Yeah. But yeah, that's a top 10 list. I guess if you want to check out the 11 through 100, um, it's on NBA.com. I'm sure it's on other sources as well if you want to go see if. Your favorite player on your favorite team? What was who, who did I see? Um, they had Trey Young ahead of Kyrie. I think Trey Young was a was eleven. Kyrie was like thirteen, and That's a lot of people strange. are having yeah. I know a lot of people are having a stink about that, but I love that. I, I, Trey Young, I'd even say Trey Young like would. I think yeah, I think Young was eleven, so I think he was just outside the top ten, but. Um, yeah, especially for how much time Kyrie missed and how I wouldn't I wouldn't say he was inconsistent, but there was times where he wasn't putting up as many points as he was expected to in a game. So I guess you could call it inconsistency, but I would have swapped Kyrie and Harden around. Put Kyrie at five? Yeah, and I would have moved Harden to thirteen. Harden doesn't play defense. Yeah. And now it's going to be very interesting too as the NFL is making a oh we're going to watch the taunting rule a little bit more. The NBA officials now are um keeping an eye on like manipulated fouls which mm-hmm. James Harden is the, that's how he gets to the free throw line 40 times a game. Yeah. Cuz he doesn't even get fouled but he actually gets fouled and now they're making an emphasis emphasis on stopping that. So it's going to be interesting to see how good he is when he's not getting to the line 40 times a game. Yeah. I wonder if now his, because he's, he averages usually 30 plus points um, a game for like a year. That's Who kind Harden? of. Yeah. He's yeah, usually in the thirties. He'll have a 60 point games when Durant and Kyrie are sitting out. Which yeah. Makes his average go up. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, now with that rule, again, like you said, where he's kind of the king of, Getting offense, getting fouls when it should be an offensive foul. The NBA cracking down on that this year. I wonder how much that's going to make his points per game go down. If again, 
he's getting offensive fouls, so he's not getting to the line for one. And two, he might be following out more if he keeps trying to do it and keeps getting called for offensive fouls. He's going to rack up, rack him up quicker than he usually does. So, which I mean, don't get me wrong, James Harden is a great basketball player, but again, this year will be interesting to see just how much that rule has benefited him until this point. Yeah. And then just going back to um, what I had mentioned, how I would take Kyrie over Harden's spot. Um, Kyrie's played 200 more minutes <laughs> than James Harden. Um, where was this over the course of his career? Field goals percentage, Kyrie's 50%. Um, he just does more. He just does more than James Harden. Yeah. Um, and he almost averages the same amount of points per game and all that stuff as James Harden too. Yeah. Kyrie I mean, I... averages 22, 3, and 5 through 500 games. And James Harden's averaged 25, 6, and 5 through almost 900 games. So double the amount, double the career. I've fuck. I guess that is really impressive. Yeah. Houston, though, you know, he was the only guy, and he has the ball the most out of any other player in the league. He takes the most shots. He, you know what I mean. He did that for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. That's why him going to Brooklyn was so interesting that they think that he would have been a fit to that. But I don't know. We'll see how it works out. Yeah. Yeah, if you had any other NBA points to throw out there, that's all I had. I did not. All right. Then moving over to the MLB here, uh, the Chicago White Sox became the next team to clinch their playoff spot. Uh, They clinched the AL Central last night with a 7-2 win over the Indians. Uh, the Brewers blew a 5-0 lead last night to allow the Cards yet one game closer as they continue their 12-game streak. Uh, the magic number for the Brewers is still three as they have a series with the Mets starting today before traveling to St. Louis for another series with the Cards and then finishing up with the Dodgers. Uh, the Padres beat the Giants yesterday 7-6 to to keep their playoff hopes alive and keep the Dodgers within one game of the Giants for the top of the NL West. And then lastly here in Chris Bissett's uh, return to, the, to um, the field after his line drive hit from a ball, he pitched three innings, allowing only one hit and had four strikeouts. So he had a good outing there. But the Mariners did go on to win the game, sweeping the series, and now only sit two games back in the AL wildcard race. The Oakland A's fall to four games back. So this is kind of one of those series that they had to win to stay in it falling back four games with only uh, three series to go. That's a, that's a big hole to come out of now. Yeah. And that's all I got. I mean, there's other, I mean, obviously crucial games going on every day. So um, as teams clinch, Adam Wainwright reached 2000 career strikeouts against the Brewers last night. Yeah. Another impressive milestone. That's a fucking lot of strikeouts, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much every other day, there's going to be more and more teams either getting 
a team getting eliminated every night or a team clinching kind of basically go out to finish out the the year here as most teams have anywhere from nine to 11 games left, depending on double headers and makeup games from earlier in the year. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, over to the hockey world here. Um, Washington Capitals become the first NHL team to sell advertising on jerseys um, as they announce their partnership with Caesars Entertainment. Looks like they're going to be taking up a portion of that jersey. Um, San Jose Sharks open training camp without Evander Kane um, during the NHL investigation for the whole gambling thing. Um, the organization just came out and said that both of them basically understand where it's at right now, and they're kind of just going to stay away from each other until this investigation is closed. Um, Jack Eichel um, fails his physical for the Buffalo Sabres, and he is stripped of his captaincy as this whole debacle is still going on with how they're going to deal with his surgery. If he's going to get the surgery, not get the surgery, um, clearly he still needs to get better as he wasn't able to pass physical. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins with already losing Sidney Crosby for the first, I don't know, a couple weeks of the season. Evgeny Malkin is now out for the, at least the first two months of the 2021 season after he just had surgery, uh, yesterday. Um, COVID-19 protocols, um, affecting the first two days, Kevin Likinen and Mike Hardman are out of practice for the Chicago Blackhawks. Everybody is vaccinated, but they still test positive. Um, Jonathan Taves made his return to the Chicago Blackhawks after missing a whole entire season. Man, um, that's kind of about it. I mean, there's really not a whole lot to really go talk about. I mean, besides, I mean, we could sit here and speculate how we think the season's going to go and all that type of stuff, but... I like to let the preseason play out a little bit, kind of get to see some of the young guys who are actually going to get some ice time. And uh, yeah, before the season begins, hopefully we can have a uh, somebody return for a guest on our podcast and uh, we can uh, hammer out the hockey, hockey season. Sounds good. Um, going over college football, uh, big game tomorrow for uh, Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Wisconsin's still six and a half point favorites in that game. Uh, game at Soldier Field. Uh, it's kind of really the only game to highlight this week. There is, what was it, Texas A&M and Arkansas is the only ranked versus ranked game uh, this week. Otherwise, I got uh, to play against you, place against you. For what? West, I'm, I'll take West Virginia over Oklahoma. Ooh, what's the spread on that? I think they had 17. Fuck. I mean, I think Oklahoma will win, but I don't know if they'll win by 17. Give me 14. 13. Okay, deal. All right. Take 13. Sounds good. I think fucking Spencer Rattler is not as good as people think that he is. Oklahoma is very overrated. I think West Virginia is about to smack him in the mouth. Sounds good. So, what are two games for the week then? 
you got the Bucks. I got the Rams. No, no points given. No points. And then I have thirteen. Thirteen points Virginia. for West Virginia. Sounds yep. good. All right. Um, yeah, looking at there's again no other really games of ranked teams against each other. Um, Florida, Tennessee, maybe. Tennessee's kind of hit and miss. They show signs of looking good, and then they they fold at the same time in, in games. And Florida went toe-to-toe with Alabama last week, so if they can ride that energy into this week, uh, that could be a lopsided game. But, yeah, otherwise, biggest game, Wisconsin-Notre Dame this week. Uh, what's a score prediction for that you got on this one? I know you said you were confident on Wisconsin covering the spread. Is that still how you feel? Yeah, I do. Um, what's the spread at now? Still six and a half. Still six and a half. Yeah, I'm still. I still think we get it done. I'm gonna say 35, 35, 28. We win by a tud. Sounds good. I'm gonna say Wisconsin gets the win, but they do not cover the spread. I'm gonna say twenty-eight, twenty-six final wisconsin wins yeah i'm gonna change that 28 21 28 21 28 25 mm-hmm. is a little too high i don't think our offense is going to score that many points so yeah actually 21 14 21 14 21 Sounds good. Then I guess wrapping up today, uh, we didn't really talk about it earlier this week, but uh, the postponed from last year, uh, Ryder Cup underway this weekend at Whistling Straits, uh, just on the road for me, actually. Um, I should have planned ahead and maybe went and watched, but um, kind of looking at the leaderboards right now. Uh, We're up three to one. Three we to currently one. have... We're tied, and then there's four four ball matches going on right now. Um, we have the lead in one. Europe has the lead in one, and then there's two that are tied. I believe they're on the like eighth hole, seventh eighth hole. Um, it doesn't say exactly what hole they're on right now. Oh, never mind. It looks like they're nine. The lead yeah. group looks like they're on nine. Yeah, ju- uh, Justin Johnson or and Johnson Shoffley, Casey Weisenberger through eight. And then yeah, they're just they're approaching the green right now, and Shoffley just shanked the shot. It looks like. <laughs> yeah, otherwise it's showing uh, Rom and Hatton are tied with DeChambo and uh, Scheffler. Yeah, DeChambo has been able to hit a fairway. I feel like because I don't know the if, if it's his yeah if it's his power where he's not calculating the wind very well. It's so windy there, dude. Like this morning, the early group only had like eight to nine mile per hour winds. It's up to like 20, 25 mile per hour winds. Like it's the flag, the stick is it's bending in the hole. So yeah, and especially all those par threes are right along the water there. It's gonna mm-hmm. be very it's gonna be a very difficult weekend of golf. <laughs> yeah. Especially the fall time gets really windy, especially right on the lake. Like Whoever wins this, it's going to be impressive. Yeah, and then looking at um, – it's only supposed to be 64 tomorrow 
and then 73 Sunday. So Sunday will be a little nicer, but 64 on the lake, it's probably going to feel like 50s. They all had their winter jackets on and shit this morning. Yeah. But, yeah, that'll be fun to wrap up on Monday. Uh, Ryder Cup's always fun to watch. Europe's best versus USA's best. Uh, yeah. And then I think that's all I had for sports today. Um, again, college football weekend, NFL matchup Sunday, Ryder Cup. Uh, look for the Brewers to not shit the bed this weekend. And just to chime in, the Cardinals are up 2-0 over the Cubs at the end of the fourth. Mm, terrific. Oh, I guess one, one uh, that, that we forgot to mention, but going back to the NFL, since the Packers play Sunday, last week we were able to give a prediction on Monday's episode, but since they play Sunday, what's your score prediction for the Packers 49ers game Sunday night football? 42-35. Packers? Yeah. I got Packers winning as well. Nailbiter, 31-30 was the score that I'm feeling for this oh, week. So you changed your mind from what you were thinking on Wednesday. With the Packers losing? Yeah. Yeah. I knew it would be close. I, I mean, it, when I was thinking the, the 49ers are going to win earlier this week, I was thinking a very similar score, like by – less than four points but i mean if i think the packers are going to lose then i don't know it's one of those weird things where obviously me sitting in my house i mean on the other side of the country has no impact over the score but if i say they're going to lose in my head i feel like they're going to lose so if i say they're going to win then i feel like they have a better chance of winning just one of those weird things but um Wait, what was yours? 35-28? Sounds good then. Um, do you have anything else to add before we wrap things up here? Nope. Sounds good. Oh, jumping the gun here. Fridays. Feel good Friday. Um, did you have a story for this week? Yes, I did. Sounds good. Okay. I just want to make sure. I know we didn't talk about beforehand, but yeah, kind of jumped the gun on it. So, yeah, I guess closing out here today with our Feel Good Friday stories. What do you got? So I have Sofia Laspina is the first female football player to score a touchdown in Long Island's history. Um, she's a junior. She's played tight end um, on the team. She's also plays baseball on the on the guys' baseball team. Uh, she's always been competing with the boys ever since she was a little girl and said that she hasn't really seen the difference between genders, playing sports, playing sports. Um, she's is happy that everybody's so supportive of her and how they don't really treat her differently and how she has trusted the quarterback to throw the ball when she's actually open and not kind of like, oh, I'm not going to throw it to her because she's a girl. Um, none of that's happening here. She definitely she scored a touchdown on a seven-yard pass um in their high school's 49 21 win um and then the new york jets heard about that situation going on so coach rob sala wore a metfem high school t-shirt on friday during his press conference and 
basically extended a greeting for her to be able to come to the game and hang out on the sidelines with all the guys. So I think that's so awesome. Um, as we see women every single day continuing to be more involved in men's sports, and I think that's awesome. Shout out to the Jets and shout out Sofia Lespina. That's awesome. It's great to see. I mean, even like Sarah Fuller doing what she did at Vanderbilt, um, paving the way for young girls like this to have the motivation and courage to to try to try. Yeah. Uh, for my feel good Friday story, uh, this actually happened last Friday, and I believe we talked about it a little bit on Monday. But just circling back to it, uh, in Arizona high school football last Friday, the improbable happened, as in the remaining. One minute, five seconds, Hamilton High School overcame uh, Gorman Bishop in a 17-point deficit, getting a field goal, two onside kick recoveries, and a two-point conversion to win 25-24. Hamilton scored a touchdown on their opening drive and were shut out for most of the game until the final minute when the team came back and one of the most impressive wins in sports at really any level. High school, college, NFL, that's impressive to do that, so... Uh, shout out again to Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton. Where are they? They're ranked 18th right now in the country. And I think Bishop Gorman was three. They're 20th right now. Yeah. F- yeah, Bishop Gorman, Vegas, they're always one of the top because they're one of the bigger schools. It's just like modern day. They're only two and zero, oh, and some of these other teams at five are five and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. Modern day is number one because of the types of schools that they play. Yeah, I mean, not every one of these prep schools, you know, is playing Bishop Gorman every single week. <laughs> like the Vegas, the Texas, the California—that's really tough high school football because you're playing each other all the time. Yeah, Where, it's crazy that the they. Coast, don't really have that much going on. No. Because you can't do it year round. Yeah, the only the only East Coast like state is like New Jersey where you have a lot of I feel like that's where Wisconsin gets all a lot of their running backs out of is New Jersey for some reason. They have a team that's sixth. New Jersey? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised if that's the same high school. Indiana has a team that's ninth. Ohio has a team that's tenth. Then you go f- f- Florida, four two teams that are fifteenth and seventeenth, and that's it. Then the rest is all warm states: California, Florida, Texas, Alabama, Georgia. <laughs> all those states where it's sunny all the time, and you can play football year round. Yeah. Well, sounds good then. Uh, wrapping things up today. Um, appreciate everybody stopping in again. Um, recently getting partnered with YouTube, a uh, big milestone for us to be able to um, be closer and closer to making this a full-time thing and being able to do this as a career down the road. So thanks to everybody who's, again, watched, liked, subscribed, in any way helped uh, with this podcast. Uh Anything outside the podcast, check out our socials, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Um, Usually running polls on Twitter lately, so you can go give your predictions on games, usually an hour or two before kickoff, before big games, college football, NFL. Usually throw up a poll on there so you can come give your opinions and stuff. 
Um, and on the other socials, anything that happens outside the podcast, uh, usually pretty good at staying up on those things. Uh, for our audio episodes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere associated with Anchor, you can find us there. Five-star ratings help us move up the charts. Uh, don't forget we have merch, streamerloot.co, or link down in the description. Uh, feel free to go cop some of that merch. Send us a picture rocking in it, and uh, we'll give you a shout-out on one of the socials. So have a great weekend, everybody. Again, Ryder Cup, NFL football, college football. Uh, playoff baseball coming uh, very shortly hockey just around the corner uh, falls great time of year for professional sports yeah and we have some breaking news coming out of the NFL the NFL has just informed and in, informed all pro wide receiver Josh Gordon that he is eligible for reinstatement and is eligible to play starting week four um, him and his agent have sent out a tweet. We are grateful that the NFL appreciates the work that Josh has put in and has earned himself another opportunity to be in this league. We are so proud of him and know all the fans cannot wait to see him back out there on Sundays. And this has multiple likes from other top wide receivers across the league. Stefan Diggs, um, just to name one, just right off the top without having to click on it and find out how many, but um Huge supportive move as the NFL as this guy's overcame something that a lot of people disregarded him multiple, multiple times. And hopefully I'd love to see him fucking in a Packers uniform, but um, hopefully whatever team he ends up on, he has success because I'm, I'm rooting for the guy. Yeah. Awesome to see him back. We'll definitely be covering his comeback story in the NFL and see where he lands. Breaking news. Out of the UFC world. Oh, boy. John Jones was arrested Friday morning by the Las Vegas Metro Police Department. He's being charged with misdemeanor battery, domestic violence, and injury or tampering with a vehicle. He was arrested at 5.45 a.m. this morning. <laughs> wow. I feel like it's always, he's always been kind of an edgy dude. <laughs> All those guys are fucking got to screw this. Yeah, that's true. If you just want to stand in a cage and potentially die, <laughs> like you got to have a screw loose to like want to do that. For yeah, that's true. But yeah, so then wrapping things up again. Um, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone.